0: Hello and welcome to the Supersized Fizz Ad Podcast. My name is Dave and I got my voice back. I'm doing better and things are going well and it's a summertime. So let's get going. Here we go. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so glad you're here. So today I want to talk about something that I've been thinking about for a while now. Um, Every time I go on, or most of the times I go on social media, I go on um, just any kind of the Facebook groups, things like that. I'm looking at all these cool games. And I think I've talked about this before, but um, large group teaching is just not like that. I mean, sometimes it is. But for the most part, large group teaching is not what you see on social media. It's not is easy or, well, maybe not easy, but it's not as basic as one class, one teacher inside. You know, the elements are perfect. There's no rain. There's no sun. There's no heat. There's no wind. There's, you know, just 20 or so kids in a perfect environment. And I'm not saying that to make fun of anybody. Trust me, I wish I had that. But I'm talking about large group teaching, especially outside and what it's really like, because I've seen some things even recently on, again, on a Facebook group thing that, or post about somebody, you know, that wanted to maybe get into a large group situation, you know, a hundred kids and a couple paras and, and what would that be like? And, and I saw a lot of people respond by, don't do it. That's not fair. That's not right. That's not legal. That's not okay. But it's the reality, especially in Florida. Now, I, I don't know everywhere in the United States, in the world. But in Florida, for the most part, you teach large groups and you teach outside if you're teaching elementary school. And is that fair? Is that nice? Is that right? Not really. But it's, again, it's the reality. And so I just want to go over some of the things that, you know, what it's really about, what it's really like, and to to dispel some myths. So let's get going. We'll do some boomers today. So here we go. All right. So number one is just the way students come in, like instant activities. And I've seen things like, you know, people, teachers doing those handshakes with everybody and all that stuff. And and kids, as soon as they come in, they start uh, doing different tag games, all sorts of things. I think that's awesome. And I again, some of these things I wish I could do, but I have anywhere between four and five. Or a little bit more classes at a time with two paras. So what that means is I have a full pavilion. My pavilion's not that big. It's it's actually a lot smaller than the one I had at my old school. It's an older pavilion, and the dots are about uh, they're at the most they're three feet away from each other apart. So my pavilion could fit about 125 or a little bit more students. And there's times when it is packed. And it's actually more than that. I have to add dots or there's some extra dots painted in the back. So you're talking usually anywhere between 100 and 100, I don't even know, 30, 35 kids. Um, now, next year, it's going to get a little bit smaller. Luckily, they're they're starting to uh, decrease the size of our school, but that's going to start with the kindergarten group and work its way up. So it's going to take you know a good five, six years before we actually get to the levels that we should have. So when my students come in, They walk in to like one, one class at a time. They walk to their color dots and they sit until the music begins. And I try to start on time. I absolutely, actually this year I'm going to make it a point of starting on time. There are times when I feel like we have to wait for certain classes to get in because if we don't wait, then they're just kind of run in and and it's just chaos. Even though I do have pairs that wait for them. Um, so basically it's it's four or five classes coming in, getting on their dots, and then we get up and do a warm-up activity. Usually it's a uh, an exercise routine with the older kids or the younger kids, and sometimes the, the bigger kids we do, actually a lot of times, we do a music warm-up. Um, I either make my own mixes or we do parts of songs, like um, we'll do part of the... You know, uh, Cha-Cha Slide or Cupid Shuffle Or things like that We won't do the whole song usually Or I'll add to it Like the Macarena We won't do the Macarena for like five minutes That would drive me crazy But we'll do the Macarena during the chorus And then during the other parts We'll do some exercises So things like that So it's usually a few minutes in the beginning I'd say about five minutes in the beginning For a, you know, that's how they come in This is our quote-unquote instant activity It's really a warm-up Uh, Again, if I had 135 kids just running around the pavilion playing tag, it wouldn't work. And that's why I wanted to talk about that, that you see a lot on social media of, oh, here's what they do when they come in. And um, I mean, it's awesome, but it's not reality for large group teaching. So that is number one. All right. Number two is the questioning. So after the five minutes or so of warm up time, they will sit back down and we will do a quick coach talk. Um to get their attention, I will do with the younger students uh what's called match me, which I learned from a um a gen ed teacher, I guess a classroom teacher at my former school. And I love it. Um I just and actually one of my parents does it all the time. Uh we'll just say match me and we'll do a whatever bunny rabbit ears and then we'll do match me and do a shark match me, cross your arms, funny, or something like that. And eventually, um, they, we finish the match me where their hands are like folded or something just where they're sitting nicely and ready to go. I also do power teaching, which I actually got away from last year, but I did the year before and I'm going to bring it back this year, especially with the older students. Um, again, I did a whole podcast on power teaching, um, a while ago, and there's also videos online, YouTube, um, what they do is you'll say um class and they'll say yes. And then you could say like class class and they'll say yes yes. And then that gets their attention. And then you could follow up with a, a large group question to set the day, set the the table for the day, basically, the the intention for the day. And then you could say again in power teaching they say um they'll they'll do like a clap and then say teach like a like teach and then students will go okay and then they will turn and talk okay so again it's not always easy when you're 100 or so kids and some students don't want to talk and some students say they don't have partners and so i just let them pair up or make a group of three or group of four for about a minute and then we'll talk about the answers and then we'll um you know get back to our dots and we'll get going because I don't want to waste time. We only have 40 minutes, and I know most of you do as well around that time period. So I what I structure it as is five minutes warm-up, five minutes questioning. And that is number two, the questioning. Okay, number three are the stations. So after we do the, the first 10 minutes that we talked about, we break into stations. Now, there are times when we stay together, whole group, that's usually when it's wet everywhere and I'll do something on the pavilion or we're in the media center because of the rain or a cafeteria because of the rain and we're doing something like cup stacking or whatever. Um, that's a whole nother podcast, a whole nother thing. But for the most part, we break into stations. Now, I keep track of where everybody has gone and where they're going. I have a a sheet that really nobody can understand by me, honestly. Um, and it's usually three games at a time. I There's three paras. me well, sorry. There's two paras, myself and two paras. Sometimes we have three paras based on the group size. They will give us an extra para. So sometimes we do have an extra game, like four games. For the most part, I take two classes all the time. Now I'm excited because I think this year I'm going to have we have less kindergarten classes. We might actually only have three at a time at P.E., so it could be one. We could each get our own class, which would be amazing. I mean, again, I'm used to two classes every day, all the time. There are times I give my paras two classes, and I'll take one, but it's very rare, and it's only for certain games. So as they go, um, they'll go with their coaches. They'll get in line. They'll go with their coaches out to the field or out uh, to the basketball courts, or they might stay at the pavilion things like that. So that is, um, how we break into stations. We, you know, again, I have a set, um, I don't just pick randomly. I've, I've seen people do that before. I've actually visited schools where they just say, okay, whoever's on the yellow line, you're going to play this game. And, but they don't keep track of it. So that, that group on the yellow line, they could have played that same game the day before. So I keep track and certain games, they'll play more than once and certain games they'll play just once. Um, obviously we'll modify and things like that. Again, that's a whole nother podcast, a whole nother talk, but that is number three. It is stations. All right. Number four is scheduling and planning for your year, for your your units. Now, this is the hardest thing for me. I mean, I've been doing this for 11, 12 years. I have not got the, in the great habit of this. I am not good at this because things happen and it's we're also limited by our equipment and by our uh area, like our fields and things like that, where you can't always do throwing and catching in a certain spot. I guess you can, but um if we're doing certain games, you know sometimes I need the court for something, but my para needs the court for this for something else, and they just don't line up and is absolutely the hardest thing for me is to to line up units based on um, you know, being very uniform and, and consistent and, you know, it doesn't always make sense. And, and I wanted to, and it needs to, but I'm not good at it. And I just want to make sure you understand it's not easy if you have a lot of classes and you have units you're planning and things you're trying to do. And, you know, there's things like, um, you know, again, throwing a catching unit might be going on in the pavilion while basic tag games are going on the field. Now I could do throwing catching in the field, but I also want to get them used to different activities, boundaries, things like that, like, especially at the beginning of the year. So things don't always, to me, line up perfectly. And again, that's Okay. You know, I, again, my goal is to, yes, it is absolutely perfect where we're doing throwing catching here. We're doing locomotor movements here, which would get old really fast. If we had all sorts of places to me that that just would get old, we'd be doing invasion games in a certain spot we'd be doing, you know, uh, strike and fielding games in a certain spot, which we kind of do way out in the field. That's where my kind of golf stations, baseball type stations, kickball, um, that, that works out a little bit, but some things just don't work. And I just want you to understand that it's not always perfect, and that's okay. And by the way, sometimes I'm not gonna, I'm not lying. Subs that when I say subs, I mean substitute teachers can dictate what you do. I mean, in my first year, I've, I've been at my current school two years. My first year, my one para retired, which by the way was a good thing. She, after she retired, though, <clears throat> it was we hired somebody, and she didn't last very long. And then after that, it was a it was a rotating sub or subs all the rest of the school year. And some subs are really good, but sometimes they couldn't make it or whatever. And I had to make sure I planned around either a sub that we knew that could handle a group by themselves, or we just make them an extra warm body at a tag game or something. So, you know, subs can really dictate your, your units. I didn't finish a few units uh, my first year because of that. I just, we, I couldn't trust any old sub to come in and teach a certain unit. But again, some subs I can, or I could. Um, a lot of times things happen. Um, one time, one day, we had a lockdown the whole day because a bobcat was in the area. I mean, <laughs> you know, there's rain. We have rainy days. There's picture days and different themes where kids are dressed up or dressed down, um, where they just can't do certain activities because they're not wearing the right shoes or whatever. I know it's a whole nother debate, but and I did a podcast on that. But still, sometimes they're really dressed up and the parents don't want to be all sweaty and whatever. So you have to be flexible. I guess that's the bottom line of of, of scheduling. You have to be flexible, and I'll leave it there. All right, number five. I'm gonna call this the end of class. Now it doesn't mean there's you know myths and things like that about this, but I'm just gonna tell you how I end the class because I do see a lot of really cool things I've seen. And I used to do clickers. Um, I've done different and I I usually in the past, I've done clickers in the media center with like large groups and they each get a, each group gets a card and things like that. And so assessment is always difficult for large groups. Um, I do a lot of thumbs up, thumbs down, a lot of partner assessing or peer assessing things like that. Okay. So it's not always easy to, um, assess, Students, it's just not with with that many kids. I mean, again, I have sometimes fifty or more students by myself. So a lot of times I'll pose a big question and we'll do some things. You know, we'll we'll come together at the end, kind of deal um, at the end of class um, with a question they could think about, ponder. Again, thumbs up, thumbs down, or or give me a you know one, two, three, or four. Or there are times when I'll do like a four corners. like go to this corner if you feel this way or you, you think that's the answer. Go to this corner or whatever. So end of class, what we do is that is when they get drinks. And then we definitely have a certain procedure for drinks. That's a whole, again, another thing I don't want to get into right now. It just would take too long, but drinks, bathroom. And what we do is, um, and this really works. I just started this. Um, my, actually my first year I started, I started this at this school is they roll the dice at the end. We pick kids that have done a great job or if it's their birthday or something, we'll let them roll a dice and it's for points for their, uh, the grade level. To earn a certain thing like capture flag week or or uh, playground time or something like that, and you know they love that. I've also added a spinning wheel, so they that's like about usually once a month we'll pick. I mean like best of the best behavior and awesomeness kids to spin the wheel for prizes, points, things like that. Um, they they just love that. Um, sometimes we pick a mystery class. Usually we do mystery class Monday, where. You know, there's five classes and I'll let my one of my parents pick the class um, that's if they walk out quietly and they're doing a great job, they will earn extra points for their grade level. Things like that. That's that's like the last five minutes of class. So now let's get into our cowbell tip of the day. Let's go. everybody. I know I missed a lot. That was a lot to talk about, but your cowboy tip of the day is, first of all, don't panic. When I first got my teaching job, um, I've said this before, but I've, I was a classroom teacher and I was offered this job. The, the PE teacher quit over the, the summer and my principal offered me the job and I jumped at it. And then I realized, what am I getting myself into? You know, I had never done this before. I'd never taught these huge groups before outside PE. It was, not easy at first, but it gets better. And I don't want you to panic. Don't be afraid of these kind of jobs, especially if it's something you really, you're passionate about. Like, I love this. I couldn't even imagine teaching one class at a time. Sometimes it's just crazy to me. And even though it sounds great and I'm sure it is, there are things you can do with large groups that you can't do with small groups. You know, I'll, I'll say like these big, capture flag type games. I mean, you can do it with small groups, but it's so much cooler when it's big groups, you know, things like that. I, I just, I I enjoy that. I enjoy these large, uh, group exercise dance things that we do. I mean, if you, if you haven't seen my recent one, I put on TikTok and I don't forgot where else, but my, uh, Instagram, um, when we did fireball, you know, I, I work at the local hockey arena and Pitbull was there not that long ago. And I, I was like, Oh man, I got to play fireball. And there are some questionable parts of that song, but I just play part of it. But it is so cool to do that because they all yell out fireball at the same time. And um, I just think that's so cool, um, you know, getting kids all like 100 or so kids or more doing the same thing at the same time and having fun and and just it's it's amazing. So don't panic, please. You're not alone. There are many, many teachers that do this, that teach large groups and, and they thrive and they love it like me. I love it. And I think I do pretty well, so don't panic, you're not alone. Take small steps and keep learning. keep listening to podcasts, hopefully like this. keep reading books or um you know going on social media, things like that for ideas, okay. Always you know keep learning and don't panic. You're not alone. it'll be okay. Enjoy it. These are large groups. this is what it is, and that is your cowbell tip of the day. Thank you everyone for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. As always, go to supersizefysad.com for more information or go to teacherchefhockeyplayerbook.com for my book, which is something that I wrote to help younger or uh, teachers struggling or just somebody that wants to learn more about the profession and get some strategies and tips and things. So that is it for today. Hope to see you soon. Hope to hear from you. You guys and girls from PE Nation are awesome. Let's keep pushing our profession forward.